Now, I'm joined now by the CEO of Ireland's National Adult Learning Organisation, Aintus, and she joins me now to talk about the role education has played in her life, a life that has had challenges as well as some great successes. Derva Lawless, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for coming in. Now, before we get into your story, which is amazing, uh, tell us what Aintus do. So we're a non-government organisation. We've been in place for over 50 years and our work really focuses on driving social inclusion and equality through education and then removing the barriers to adult education. Very good. Now you breathe, eat, sleep education, right? So where are you at in terms of your adult education? Um, I would say attempting to do a PhD, but it's one of those things where um, I pay the fees, but I don't do much except read. So... Sure, you're brilliant. Go on. So you're doing a PhD now, but what, what, what did you do? What did you study? So I started off, school wasn't really for me. Um, it just really? Felt, yeah. And now you're the CEO of I know, it's weird. Adult like, Forger I think if I bumped into any of my school teachers, they'd probably, like, fall over with shock if they thought that I had a job like this. Well, they're probably listening now, so hi. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, so I ended up doing an adult education course, a level five in Dunleary. Um, was fantastic. Just all of a sudden I was like, maybe I'm not so stupid. And I was doing things like projects. It was much more independent um, kind of style of learning. I was learning things I wanted to learn about. It felt realistic. And then I got into DCU through that programme. It was an amazing pathway programme and I studied education and training. So go back there a bit. Maybe I'm not that stupid. Where did that come <laughs> from? Was school difficult? Um, I suppose it was a mix. I ended up having two undiagnosed learning disabilities. So I had ADHD and dyscalculia. I think that's how you pronounce that. Which a is learning dis- disability. It's dyslexia for math, right? Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. I think those things. So I was always in trouble in school. Like I was kicked out of maths class. I was constantly in trouble. I had a report card one year where I had to get signed in on every single class and the teacher would sign off to say what my behaviour was like. I was that bad. <laughs> Looking back, knowing what you know now... Were you disruptive because you were excluded because of your learning difficulties? I think so, yeah. And I think I've, I've read around this and it actually does happen to a lot of young people. If you have undiagnosed learning disabilities, it can come out in different ways. And your frustration is that you feel stupid or you feel like you don't know what's going on and you can react in those ways. And I think as well, for a lot of people who are probably quite independent at a young age, when you're in a school system and you have to ask permission to go to the bathroom, you have to sit still and quiet for 60 or 90 minutes And you're not like having a conversation with and explained why things should happen or why things should take place. It's very authoritative and that's really difficult. So I think that sort of stuff as well, I just found kind of it wasn't great. And then you could see in our school, now it was a great school in many ways, but they had a tiered system. So like when you start arrived in first year, all the students were put into different levels of classes. So from day one, there was this separation between all the students of who was in the top class, who was in the bottom class. And it just destroyed people's confidence. Like it was, I just, I really disagree with that type of kind of approach in education. So like you're talking about 12 year olds, you know, yeah. being assessed for their intellect. Yeah, it, it, it does, it, even saying it out loud now, it sounds a bit strange, doesn't it's it? It's mad, isn't it? So tell me about your school. So you're disruptive, you, you're undiagnosed and it was challenging. And so where, what was your home life like? Home life was challenging in different ways. So my mum was a single parent. Uh, We would have lived in poverty, really, to be honest. I know it's a weird thing to say, but like I was wearing secondhand clothes before they were fashionable. (laughs) Um, Like I remember when we got a TV, we never had internet in the house. We didn't have heating. Um, Like all those sort of things were just normal to me. But I guess where I grew up, they were kind of normal for most of the kids around. Um, And I remember, you know, like going into someone else's house and say if they had like 
like a fancy house, I just feel so awkward. Like I just would be, you? Yeah, really awkward. I, I still feel feeling. a little bit like yeah. that now. Do you? Yeah, I relate to that. Yeah, because it was an alien. Yeah. And what, what did you, what did it make and you, you feel, feel like? You feel like you're not meant to be there. Like as if they know she's poor. Get her out of here. <laughs> Do you know that kind of thing? And you're a good bit younger than me now, to be honest. You know, so I'm kind of I'm really quite shocked at you telling me this from the same city. And I'd say there's still kids today where I of grew course. up who are experiencing this, and all across parts of Ireland. You know, like even I think it's funny, like little things which seem mad, like not even having kind of brand name foods in your house. Do you know what I mean? Like we didn't have bottles of Coca Cola in the fridge or like a press with sweets in it. Because, like, my mum was just trying to get through the day and pay the bills and kind of put food on the table. And she was doing the best she could. But it wasn't easy. And, like, even silly things. Like, I remember sitting in PE one day and one of the lads started slagging me because I had four stripes on my runners. And uh, they were all laughing then because my runners were obviously from wherever. And my friend was like, they are Adidas. She just, she got the new version. And I was just sitting there mortified. Kids are cruel. <laughs> Kids are cruel. But despite these challenges which you describe, I, I mean... I. I'm fascinated now, given your role in adult learning, you know, you must see the correlation between, you know, poverty and education. You must. You must. It's huge. Yeah. Like if you look at education, even to simplify it in two separate ways, it can maintain social inequality or it can transform it and remove social inequality. And I think that's the thing that we need to be really mindful of in education. And for me, I've always been very focused on social justice and like what's fair and what's right. It was just inbuilt in me. And then when I started studying education and I kind of fell into it, to be honest, I was like, wow, look at this. Oh my God, this is the solution. And I saw not only from my own experience, but so many people around me over the years that education completely changed their life. And it's it's an amazing thing. And there's so many programs out there that are doing wonderful things. Like I, I've met so many wonderful people on this kind of journey in my job who've completely turned things around for themselves. But it's not easy. And I think that's it. the thing is we need to make sure we do remove those barriers because it should never be a financial burden to access education. It shouldn't feel like a risk to yeah. that sort of way. So you... And I acknowledge this as well, being from a working class background, a couple of left turns, a couple of wrong turns, yeah. and who knows where you would have ended up, you know. <laughs> this is it. Because there's drugs everywhere we live and there's, there's opportunities to, I suppose, mask or hide. So what was it about your life that made you go into education? What happened? What pushed you there? Do you know, it's probably my brother, really. Like, my mum was always, she had a strong value in education and we Did went she? to school. Oh, huge. To be fair to her, like, if your leg was hanging off, you were booted out the door and sent up to school. And and was that because she wanted you to learn? She wanted us to have opportunities and to have a good life. Like she really did. Do you know what? She, she pushed that home with us. And I think the advantage she had that some other parents didn't have in the area, because I would never blame another parent if people say, oh, they don't value education. Some people are intimidated by teachers. They're intimidated by schools, formal services. Whereas my mum's always very strong minded and she kind of, she wouldn't take crap from anybody. So like when she was pushing us and there was ever any challenges like me getting in trouble in school, she would still turn up to the school every single time when I got in trouble and she didn't care and she would keep sending me back to school. And she even used reverse psychology on me. I think I was probably about 15 and she told me she was taking me out of the school and she had told me she didn't register me again for the next year. And like this went on all summer and she was and to the point where I was like, I am going back to school, you can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so there was that little piece of, I suppose, dynamite behind her as well to get you through it. Yeah, yeah. She, she's was that hard for her, woman. do you think? Yeah, like it was very tough for her, do you know what I mean? She really struggled. Like I could see it was, it was very difficult. And like she had two kids, she was like struggling to pay the bills, to pay the rent. She was just trying to get by. And then she was surrounded 
by poverty in this situation and she was seeing other people struggle um, and like that can't be easy for anybody do you know what I mean it knocks her confidence as well I'm sure like there was times where her mental health uh, would have been challenging as well um, but she managed to push through thankfully thankfully for us And your brother is older? Little older? My brother's three years older and I would say even more so he raised me in so many ways he's such a strong person like and every single time when I was going a little bit off the rails it was like he dragged me by the collar and pulled me back and like oh Jesus yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really strong. He's so, you great. Had, so I, I'm, yeah, I'm hearing you had these two positive forces in your life who loved you dearly, obviously, wanted you succeed. But, but do you think younger people in your situation, and just to really clear this up, do you think the odds are stacked against them? Yeah, definitely. Really, definitely. In what way? Like generational trauma and poverty is huge. Like. If you look around areas like that where you've had uh, generation after generation in the same family who haven't managed to finish school for a number of different reasons, who didn't get access or opportunities in adult education for different reasons. Um, And, you know, they might have in their wider family people suffering from addiction, poor mental health. Um, maybe they have children and they're struggling to pay the bills. There's so many different things that compound those issues yeah. and it just makes it really difficult. And I've just seen it over and over again. And I think even like the situation that's happening in Ireland at the moment, you know, we're seeing this gap between the rich and the poor and it's getting wider and wider. And then people are being labelled as scumbags or lazy if they're not succeeding. And it's like everything is stacked against them. It's really hard. And I even feel sorry for the younger generation because, you know, we were fed these things growing up that like if you work hard and, you know, you go to college or you get a job, you'll be able to have a home, you'll have security, you'll have like, a, you know, a certain kind of style of life. But that's just not true now. Like, even if you go to college and you get a job, you still might not be able to afford your home. Like, you you need a lot of kind of financial backing from a family member if you were lucky enough to have that. And most people don't. So there's all these different things now where it's like our country has created an infrastructure that just isn't supporting people's needs. It's not protecting the very fabric of our communities. And I think the dangerous thing is, while some people are doing really well, and I'm really glad for them, there's other people who are falling behind and we need to prioritise those people because at the end of the day, all you have to look back at it is at history and see what happens when you have that sort of division. Like even look at the situation in America. You have much um, lower mortality rates, like you have people's health and well-being, sickness, all of those things are impacted. And on the flip side, what's really great is with education, there's so much research that shows that if you engage in education, you have more confidence, um, you have more self-esteem, your health is better your well-being is better, you're more likely to engage in further education, you have the kind of social connection with other people. And I think the big thing that I always find really interesting is if we meet people or or we undertake research, we do a whole range of services, including uh, research with adult learners. If you ask them why they started to do a course, quite often they'll say it was to to get a job. But if you ask them at the end of the programme what it is that they found most beneficial, they say it was their confidence, it was their self-esteem. And I think that for me was some of the stuff that I found kind of jarring almost when I was going into higher education because I had this whole like... I shouldn't be here. Yeah, like I was terrified. And even like when I did the degree in DCU, DCU was probably more mixed and I was still intimidated. But like I was working five days a week while I was in college. Go back a step here now. Despite all the struggles, you you did your leave insert. I did the leave insert. How was that experience? Stressful, yeah. yeah. Like I did... I didn't do great. I did okay. Um, 
the hilarious thing is, so I managed to pass pass level maths, even though I didn't understand what was going on. But I figured out, I'm very resourceful, <laughs> that you got points for writing down the um, formulas. So I wrote every single formula on every single question. So they had to give me attempt marks. <laughs> so I just scraped by. Uh, whereas with French, I had won an yeah. award in French and then I failed it. I, it was honours. Um, but I think just that morning I woke up at like 5am and I was trying to cram and I was so tired and stressed that I just totally fumbled it in the exam. And it's kind of mad, isn't it? Because like you're judging someone's whole future. Did you? Potentially on that. Did you have a sense at that time that you would be going to further education or do you think you'd be, you'd be out of education? Or were you um, hopeful? I was kind of confused, to be honest. Like I always wanted to be an actress. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> the loud, the loud me. Um, and to be fair to my mum, she was like, no, go and do a course. And my mum always thought that I was smart um, and I just didn't really think it. And she brought me down to Dunleary College of Further Education and we went in and there was this course that had just started and signed me up. So it was kind of one of those things. Yeah, where I, I really didn't know like um, what I was going to do. Do you think your background is the reason you're doing the job you're doing now? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So like I've been going to therapy for a long time on and off over the years. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff to talk through there. Some stuff, obviously, I won't talk about here. Uh, different challenges I had in life. But like my therapist actually said that to me. She said, I think your motivation is completely based on all the trauma that you've had because it's what drives me. It makes me angry and it makes me want to change society and make it a more inclusive place for other people. And I think everybody should have the opportunity to engage in education. And not just because it's about getting a job, but it's about finding yourself and building your confidence and realising that we're all smart and we all have different strengths. But you need the opportunity to figure that out. So I, I imagine if you had the power and the, the resources, you would dismantle the education system and rebuild yes. it, right? <laughs> so obviously we're not in a position to do that just yet today because I can I can hear your frustration. But with your organisation, you are in a position to help immediately. Yeah. So you can plug gaps and fill holes and put out fires in a, in a way you can you can catch people in a way. Would that fair say? Completely. And I feel so lucky, like genuinely it's a privilege. I'm still in shock that I have the job that I have or even that I work in Aintis. I still remember getting the job in Aintis being like, oh my God, and this is my third job in that organisation. But like the work that we do is so important and the members that we have are amazing, the work that they're doing on the ground. So like we run a range of different services. We have um, an adult learners festival which takes place in March every year and as part of that there's a Star Awards ceremony and programme where uh, programmes that like look at areas like access to third level or social inclusion get awarded for the success that they've had and like you'd want to see it. These learners are standing on stage crying. Really? So, oh my God, it's beautiful because they're so happy that they've been part of this and they get to be kind of part of this collective community. Um, we have what's called the Learner Forum in further education training and in that space we go all across the country and we hold sessions with in partnership with education and training boards and we'll run focus groups and then send out surveys. So like in the last few years we've met over 3,000 learners um, across the whole country and they've told us about their experience in education, what the challenges are, um, you know, what's working well. And the amazing thing that we get to do is like the research team develop these regional reports with key findings and then we share that with the ETB and the ETBs are usually really open to trying to say, OK, what can we do to make this better? What can we do to improve this programme? But it means that learners all across Ireland are actually informing the practice of their local programme. And then there's a national report and that influences policy. So it's really exciting. Um, and Minister Harris has come to the last couple of 
launch events for those reports. So he's actually engaged in what's happening um, and trying to remove the barrier. So, it's, you know, it's nice to see that you kind of see the full circle. Yeah, so I just got a text here. Good morning, Brendan. I'm listening to your guest there. I was born with very mild, uh, uh, very mild learning disability. I had the best parents to push me and I did it myself as well. I left school at 16 but went back to adult education at 39. I did courses in Tullamore and Burr and I went to college in Athlone to get my hospitality qualification in hotel bar supervision at 46. Amazing. I graduated four years ago and found out that I had dyscalculia. One of the supports that finally hit the nail on the head for me. I hated maths and struggled with accountancy in college but finally Past, so wow. it's a great story, but it is challenging, isn't it? Yeah. And and where do people? Where do you tell people to get that? You'd not give up. Yeah, know? and you know the thing is, what's I mean, really that's quite a path. That's an amazing person who's texting there. Yeah. Fair play to them. Like yeah. that's it's unbelievable. But like, you shouldn't have to be the exception to survive a system and to come through it. You shouldn't have to have your own well-being compromised. Compromised, and yeah. I genuinely think that that's what happens for so many people. Your well-being and your health is compromised so that you can survive a system that was designed for other people. And if you manage to come out the other side, well done. But like there's lasting damage from that. Do you know what I mean? So I think the thing is that I would say to people, if you're in a situation where you do want to engage in an education programme, please do. Like the, the staff working there are usually amazing. They're really kind. They're going to treat you with respect. It's nothing like school. Um, and step outside your comfort zone. I think I've spent most of my life just being incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> but it stood to me in some ways. I even yeah. felt ill coming in here this yeah. morning. Yeah. Yeah. But like you have to do these things because that's how you grow. You have to step outside your comfort zone so that you grow. And there's these wonderful um, community education centres all across Ireland. And community education centres are like grassroots, small, um, situated adult learning uh, program. So, for example, like a men's shed or a family resource centre, community centre, and they're underpinned by values of social inclusion and equality and they're delivering programmes. Some of it is, you know, non-formal education and they might even like just start off with offering someone a cup of tea, even helping them to read their bills, figure out systems that someone just might be finding challenging, right up to doing computers, classes, sewing, language, whatever it is. And they're amazing. I've seen people go step by step because of these really? programs. Oh, wonderful. There's a woman that I have become friends with through my job. I won't share her name, but like she started off in um, Ballymun in a community education centre. She was a lone parent with four children and she had faced a huge amount of barriers in her life. She went and did this community ed program bit by bit, non-formal education first, building her confidence then she went and she did a full-time programme, then a degree. And now she's finished her degree and she's working back in the community, but she's qualifications. And now she's a leader where she grew up and she's going to be, you know, a role model influencing other people. It's amazing. It's really amazing, isn't it? Oh. So what, what, what's the uh, quick fix solution? If you, had, if you had a magic wand, what would you do? If I could give you anything to do to fix the... A magic wand? Yeah. I'd say two things probably is the first thing is to stop looking at education as if it's around training for employment. We're people, we're not employees. I think we really need to be mindful of that, that like at the moment, a lot of the policy and a lot of the narrative in Ireland is around the economy and what people can do when they're in work. But like at the end of the day, we're people first. Yeah. We're a society. We have to protect the fabric of our society um, and then look at what actually can be set up around that system. So like look at the person help them to find themselves and to be their best self and then they'll find the right job for them. You can't do it the other way around. I can't help but feel very optimistic in your company. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> even though we give out a lot about education, we all, because we've all come through it and for, and I, if you had any way lacked confidence in my school, they would, 
you, you suffered, right? Really? Yeah. What was your school like? It was tough. I had a tough school. It was just all boys. It was oh. religious. It was, it was uh, but um, I think that what, in a way, you can head off childhood trauma by re-engaging with adult education. Yeah. And you, I think that, that you copped that quickly, didn't you? That's exactly it, Brendan. Honestly, yeah. like you are addressing generational trauma and childhood trauma and you're healing. There's a woman that I met as well in another community education centre and she had a horrific time in school and really difficult growing up in, you know, inner city Dublin, lots of challenges. And she said that her community education centre was a place of healing and she found herself and she's flying now and she's the most confident person. But that's it, isn't it? Like it's, it's doing that. And I think it's going back to the point you were saying as well about like, what could we do? It's making sure that if you do engage in education, that there's childcare. Oh. You know, come on, like at this day and age, that's the biggest how can barrier. we say we have any equal society <laughs> when you can't have someone to mind your children to engage in education, that you have flexible classes. So like not everybody's able to do study in nine to five, Monday to Friday. Why can't it be in the evening or the weekends? Um, and that there's funding to do that and real funding. Like, come on, giving someone a grant is really important. And I'm glad we do it. There's lots of places that don't. But if you're still working five days a week on top of your grant, are you really having a meaningful experience in education or are you still struggling? Yeah. Do you know, there are those sorts of things where I think we need to be mindful. And even at the moment, like there's programs across the country, like all these wonderful new apprenticeships, but there's quite a divide in some of those apprenticeships. Like I know people who've told us they're sleeping in their cars and their vans because they can't afford to rent yeah. near where they're doing their education program or else they're driving three and four hours to get to the course. Like, that's madness. How is that equal opportunities in education? It's not. You need to create the conditions where someone can actually have an appropriate, meaningful experience in education so they can improve their circumstances. But they can't do that if you build a wall in front of them first. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You shouldn't have to climb over it. Like, um, So people listening now, if they are thinking about re-engaging with education and they don't know where to start, what can they do? There is a range of different uh, websites. There is, so we actually have a service called One Step Up. Yeah. And if you log on to www.onestepup.ie, you can find really accessible information for what type of programs you can do. There's a helpline. Uh, there's kind of information around what the words mean, because a lot of this stuff is like a foreign language to people. Yeah. So, you know, so what, and I'd say a key thing for a lot of people who are interested in going back to education that I've seen happen is that they'll see something in an ad on social media and they'll think, great, I can be qualified in that in only six weeks. No, quite often those programmes are uh, a private provider, which I've nothing against, but it's a short term one module and you're going to have to pay for that. Whereas the government actually does fund a lot of programmes that are free or there's maybe a small payment and it'll be a longer term programme. And there is quite often funding supports there. There might not be enough, but there is supports. So I'd say take the time to have a look through those things. Ask for help. There's free guidance um, counsellors all across Ireland. All you have to do is knock into your education training board and um, you can call that helpline Just Qualifax as well. personally speaking. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> you've got all the information. You're brilliant. And of course you have uh, A-O-N-T-I-S. Have a yes. brilliant website and all that. What would you say to a human being from your experience about thinking about re-engaging? Do it. A hundred percent. You might feel uncomfortable and be nervous and think you're not good enough, but you are. Everybody's intelligent. Everybody has different strengths and you will find yourself. You'll make new friends. You'll learn things about yourself that you never knew. And you'll walk through life in the future, looking through a different lens, honestly, and the world will feel more like you can get a hold of it. Dervil Lawless, CEO of Adis, you are an inspiration. Let's take a break. Thank you <laughs> Thank so much. You.